Welcome to Copcast. I'm Rumbi Chakamba, Associate Editor at DevEx, and I've headed to Sharm El Sheikh in Egypt for this year's United Nations Climate Conference. In this podcast series, we bring you inside the walls of the Blue Zone for a series of in-depth conversations with climate and development leaders, asking them the big questions. What's really needed to make meaningful progress towards climate goals and what role should the development community play to support that? We must find things that we can do and we must find financing mechanisms for ourselves, especially from the market. In 2009, then-president of the Maldives, Mohamed Nasheed, made headlines when he held a cabinet meeting underwater to highlight the risk of global warming for small island states like the Maldives. Projections show that by 2100, the island could be submerged by rising sea levels. Since then, Nasheed has been working to ensure that the demands of the most vulnerable countries are not ignored as the ambassador for ambition at the Climate Vulnerable Forum. I sat down with him to talk about the lack of financing, his vision for countries on the front lines, and climate babies. President Nasheed, thank you so much for joining me. So um, for all of us, climate change is somewhat of an existential threat, but I think for the Maldives, it's probably more urgent than other countries. Predictions show that the country could be submerged by water by 2100 and by 2050, 80% of the country is supposed to be uninhabitable. How do you explain that urgency to other leaders and how do you get them to start moving on climate change? Thank you very much. Uh, It's a pleasure uh, to be speaking to you. I now feel that it's self-explanatory. Exactly the same thing is happening in every single country. And in fact, the loss in developed societies are far higher than many other developing societies because the extent of the infrastructures built in developed societies are bigger and more expensive. Uh, So I think uh, countries do realize now uh, that this is urgent. And of course, for the Maldives, it's very, very urgent. As you suggested, we might not survive. And therefore, it is important for us to uh, impress the gravity of the issue to everyone else and also to find adaptation mechanisms whereby we can survive the worst weathers to come. But that's really a non-territory. We do not know the furiosity of the wave to come. Um, And if we feel that we can um, survive with more concrete and more steel, I think that is the wrong thinking. Uh, We must, uh, of course, we must uh, uh, see that emissions are down and maintain 1.5 degrees. But the fact of the matter is, even if I say that, it's not happening and it will not happen. Even if you all go to sleep tomorrow, uh, the world would heat above 1.5 degrees because we've already emitted enough poisonous gases to the atmosphere for this to happen in the future. Um, So the only option now available for us is heavy adaptation. Heavy, I do not mean concrete and, and steel, but a lot of adaptation and a lot of new science to come in Uh, The Dutch Docklands uh, are running a program to build a floating city. The Maldives Coral Institute 
um, is trying to find a resilient coral that we can see that it's, it is scaled and that it can grow in the future to come. Now, um, I believe that we have to have models and understanding of the new future. And we have to find a new ecosystem that would survive in that future. Uh, so, I haven't lost hope. Uh, you sound like you've lost hope. I, I, and I, we, we, we are not going to give up. Okay. And we will have to find solutions on how to live. I'm so glad you mentioned that there's still hope and you're not just here representing the Maldives, you're also representing climate, the Climate Vulnerable Forum of which you're the ambassador for ambition. So what exactly is the Climate Vulnerable Forum hoping to get out of COP27, the implementation COP? Well, yes, there's this lost and damage and, and adaptation money and, and all that is going on. But primarily, we are promoting climate prosperity plans these are low-carbon development strategies with less extraction and more recycling, but with the same economic outcomes of high GDP growth, low in, uh, high employment, low inflation, and so on. Uh, the Prosperity Plans is a pathway uh, to development, uh, to prosperity, but at the same time by protecting the environment and protecting being mindful about the planet. So in this COP, uh, well, I'm very pleased we've just come back from uh, the event to launch Sri Lanka's prosperity plan. You will know that that country is in financial and economic distress and difficulties. But this prosperity plan would take the country out of those difficulties at the same time protecting the environment. There is a green path for development. Uh, so uh, uh, CVF is non-stop working on producing the plans and finding, finding financing mechanisms for the plan. Now, if I go with Sri Lanka's example, Sri Lanka has a lot of wind resources and, and they need to tap that. To do that, we would like to list the projects so that project, or many other projects in the Climate Prosperity Plan, uh, in Singapore Stock Exchange, and have banks, commercial banks, to rate that project. Uh, and we are hopeful that these projects, and we do strongly believe that these projects would give a better return to investors than fossil fuel projects. So we really think that with Prosperity Plan, we can bankrupt the fossil fuel industry. Okay, that sounds like a really ambitious plan. And I like that because uh, I feel like one, it's hopeful, which is nice. And in addition to that, it also brings like um, the responsibility of development on the countries themselves. Because we have no one to assist us. We've been speaking about this. This is the 27th year of Conference of the Parties and it hasn't happened. And if we still think that we can go on with this jargon and these kind of conversations that is happening here, uh, and if that is going to produce a result, I think we are on the wrong track. We must find things that we can do, and we must find financing mechanisms for ourselves, especially from the market. Uh, the Climate Prosperity Plan, at the end, is a number of projects. And tender notices for these projects. 
how can we bring in investors to these projects. We believe that the private sector has more funds than any government can actually give. If you want to speak in you know, millions, then okay, you can go to these funds, government funds. But if you want to talk about billions, then you have to go to the private sector. So I think this is the time for us to now just st step aside and start doing things for ourselves. The climate prosperity plans of the CVF will succeed and it will bring prosperity to our countries. Hi, I'm Kate Warren, Executive Editor at DevEx. If you are listening to this podcast, you are likely working to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. But are you subscribed to DevEx Newswire? Global development can be a fast-moving, complex sector. Our team of global reporters work every day to bring you the news you need to make sense of it all. In DevEx Newswire, we keep you up to date on issues ranging from climate change financing to gender equality and global health to transforming the food system, all in a fun-to-read, free newsletter delivered directly to you five days a week. Join the hundreds of thousands of global development professionals who receive DevEx Newswire and visit devex.com slash newsletters to sign up to this free newsletter today. So one of the things that happened last year was an agreement on carbon trading. Do the uh, climate prosperity plans uh, piggyback on that? Will they be, are we looking at trading carbon? Well, we are looking at trading carbon, but we are very suspicious of anything to do with multinational organizations, the UN system, and the existing status quo. Uh, if the carbon trading is also dependent on agreements between parties, between countries, then I'm sorry, it probably will not happen. But if it is economically viable, financially feasible, then it will happen. So we must find economical and financial methods, projects, ways of doing these things privately in the private sector. Uh, my, my push now is to see that this happens in the private sector. So we're just basically talking about bankable projects like these there's going to be money made here, You've, there's an opportunity for you, and we're just looking at bankable projects. We are looking at bankable projects, and if multinational organizations can fill a gap to make these projects bankable, then uh, we would like them to step in. Uh, some of these projects will not, irrigation projects might not be, some of the farming projects, some of the coastal adaptation, uh, uh, coastal erosion adaptation projects might not be bankable. But then even in these things, we can find resource envelopes uh, that would assist uh, uh, these projects to be bankable. But uh, where we would depend on uh, assistance from multinational organizations and financial institutions is to make these projects bankable. Okay, so uh, going back to loss and damage, one of the things that we're supposed to launch this year is the Global Shield program. How is that going to work? It's, it's not working. I am the shield. There's no money in it. There's no money in it. There's no money in it. And, and you know, the, the shield was supposed to be launched in the COP, but they went to the German Chancellor's hotel. And in the morning, they had a little uh, uh, event. 
and that was it. But last September in Washington, they brought out a statement jointly with the CBF saying that they have the money and they are going to do it. But the money is not here. So we are the shield again. So why do you think we always have these situations where commitments are made, nothing comes of it, and right now we're talking about an implementation COP, and what I'm hearing for you, from you is that it's not happening, it's all talk. Why do you think we have these situations, and are we ever going to get to a point where we move from, to actual action? Well, I think we're barking the wrong tree. For 27 years, we've thought that countries can agree to give up things to developing countries or, or climate vulnerable countries. But that's not happening and it will not happen because you know there are voters in these countries who want a better life for themselves and, and governments would always uh, think first for their own people. You know you have high inflation, you have, you have high interest rates all over developed countries and their voters are not going to allow them to give money to developing countries or climate vulnerable countries. It will not happen. Please wake up. Let's do what can be done. Okay, I like that message and I'm so glad I had this opportunity to speak to you because I think um, your idea is just reimagining the whole system. It hasn't worked for 27 years. Let's move on. Let's find ways to do things ourselves. Well, you know, the last time I came, went to COP, uh, something has happened because negotiators fell in love with each other and they have COP children. So this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> COP children? So the only thing that we can expect to actually come out of love. COP is love. That's, that's it. But this is, this is a beautiful outcome from 26 years of meeting every year. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, President Ashid. This has been a very interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing these financing plans in action and seeing you leading this charge for people to sort of do things on their own. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to Copcast. We'll be publishing episodes every day throughout COP27. So make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others you think would be interested in it. You can also leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have some feedback about this episode that you want to share or are at COP and want to let us know what we should be covering, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at devex and at rumbichakamba underscore, or you can drop us an email at podcast at devex.com.